Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to all of our guests that we may have joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome at Trinity Lutheran Church. And we are now at the fifth, 15th, rather, not 5th, 15th Sunday after Trinity. And so I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have our Focused on Christ section, summary of the readings for today. Jesus says, you cannot serve God and money, for they require two contrary forms of service. Worry is the worship given to the false god of mammon, an unbelieving anxiousness and focus on the things of this world. Faith is the worship of the true God, a confident trust that he is a loving father who will care for all our needs in both body and soul. The widow of Zarephath served God, that is, she believed the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah, that the bin of flour would not be used up, nor would the jar of oil run dry. He who feeds the birds and clothes the flowers will certainly provide for our daily needs, for he has already provided for our eternal needs, clothing us with Christ's righteousness and baptism and feeding us his body and blood for our forgiveness. With such confidence, we are liberated from worry and freed to do good with our material resources, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Well, we do have great joy in receiving the Lord's body and blood this day, and in accord with his word, he bids all those that would join us at the altar this day be of the same confession. That is, not just about the supper itself, but in the whole of what it is that we believe, teach, and confess as Christians. Therefore, if you are not a member of this congregation or a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we do ask you to refrain from receiving the supper this day. And I'd love to answer any questions that you may have about this biblical and ultimately loving practice as the Lord wants us to receive these good gifts in unity. Therefore, we'll uh, continue with our service proper. Our divine service is setting forward as it begins on page 203 this day. The first hymn is 869. We now sing the first hymn. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 15th Sunday after Trinity is from 1 Kings, chapter 17. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent Neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Galatians chapters 5 and 6. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and selflessly despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, to you, Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon this day is based upon the gospel lesson. Well, dear saints in Christ, you know, we should be careful to not confuse God's promise of provision with the American dream. Today, in both the Old Testament and gospel lesson, we see that our Lord will give us what we need, that is, our daily bread. Think about it. In telling us to pray for our daily bread, our Lord binds himself to his promise. In other words, Jesus would not teach us to pray for daily bread if he wasn't committed to giving it. However, it should also be said that God has not promised us a life of luxury in this world. In the gospel, Jesus tells us to be on guard against lusting after money and possessions. Literally, it's mammon. Now, just to refresh your memory a bit, mammon is a Hebrew word that personifies money and possessions as a false god. 
In warning us about devotion to money, Jesus is warning us against idolatry. Now, the language he uses here is stark. So I'll reread Matthew 6.24 and give some additional depth, some additional definition to some of the words in order to help you see what Jesus is getting at here. He says, no one has the power, the ability to serve two lords as a devoted slave. For either he will hate and despise the one and selflessly love the other, or he will be utterly devoted to the one and scornfully hate and despise the other. You have no power, no ability to serve God and mammon. Now this verse, it sets up everything that follows after it, which is why Jesus goes on to say, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious. You see, we often assume that the Lord is addressing people of little or no means when he says these words, as though every single person listening to him was a pauper, a beggar, someone who is in that lowest of income statuses. But a careful reading of the text, it reveals to us that Jesus is preaching and teaching against lusting after more than you need. He cautions us against coveting. Why? Well, because God has already promised to give us what we need. And if God has promised it, it is as good as done. Therefore, do not be anxious. And that word anxious literally means over anxious, to go to pieces over something. He says, do not be anxious over all of the extras. The gravy, the toys, the fancy luxuries of life. You see, first he says you cannot serve God and man. And then he says, therefore, don't be anxious about what you should eat or what you should drink or what you should wear. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? You see, in our soundbite-obsessed world, it is important that we not lose the context of Jesus' words here. We tend to hear everything as one-sentence thoughts like headlines in a newspaper, like bumper stickers on a car, or slogans used to sell products. There's danger in reading the Bible that way. We lose the context. Jesus is warning us against the idolatry that occurs in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives when we are overly anxious and concerned about material stuff, about things instead of God. Now, to make this point, Jesus, he gives us a wonderful illustration today. He says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, harvest is fully underway, so I'll ask you, when was the last time that you saw the birds gathering up their harvest? Have you seen any bird-sized combines out in the fields anywhere? Has there been a traffic jam because of robin-sized grain trucks clogging up the roads? It's fun and perhaps a little silly to imagine such things, but that's the point. The Lord God values his creation very much. It is important to him, but birds are not human beings. Jesus did not come in the flesh, fulfill the law, suffer blasphemous slander, and an intensely gruesome death in order to redeem the birds. He did that for you. He did that for all humanity, those who are created in God's image. Therefore, Jesus' question, are you not of more value than they, is not just rhetorical. It hits us in our hearts and in our minds. Now, let's continue examining his words. He says, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Now, when was the last time that you added extra hours to your life because of all your fretting and worrying? Did you get a notification in the mail from your doctor or from the hospital? Perhaps it came in a framed notice which stated, In reward for your sleepless nights and anxious worry, the recipient of this notice has received 72 additional hours of life. Congratulations. 
It's ridiculous, isn't it? But that's the point, dear saints. As God's dearly loved children, bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus, you are not authorized to worry. The reason Jesus stresses this point is because worry is intimately connected to unbelief. What is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. You see, trusting in God above all things means trusting him not just for our daily bread, but for all things. God calls us to trust him alone for what we need for body and soul in this life and in the next. Therefore, when we fear something more than God, like sickness, loneliness, famine, bad government, the failure of the power grid, or death, when we fear those things more than God, we're not just fearing that thing, we're worshiping it. You see, when we fear something, we're setting aside that thing in our hearts and in our minds and we're showing it reverence and honor. The things that we fear have power over us. We cower in fear beneath them because, well, we've set them above us. Therefore, to fear something more than God is to worship that thing more than God, to honor it more than God. So do you see now why Jesus stresses this point so heavily? God has graciously promised to care for you and provide all of your needs of body and soul. He promises us our daily bread, so therefore we need not fret or worry or be anxious. It is written in the Psalms, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The Lord gives us life, and he takes it away. All the days of your life are in God's hands. The same hands that knit you together in your mother's womb are the same hands that were pierced for your transgressions on Good Friday, raised in glory on Easter, and now feed you the very bread of life. Christ's very own body and blood in and under bread and wine for the forgiveness of your sins and strengthening of your faith. God be praised. Well, let's look at Jesus' final point, shall we? He says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now our Lord presents us with another delightful picture in our minds. When was the last time that you saw lilies, daisies, marigolds, and sunflowers working away on little flower-sized spinning wheels or sewing their own vibrantly colored petals? In his example, it makes you smile while shaking your head at the pure silliness of it. And again, that's the point. Think about it like this. When was the last time you obsessed over a piece of clothing? Now, men, you may think that you get off easy in this department, but the clothing that you wear for work, hunting, fishing, golfing, or a special occasion, that counts just as much as anything that a lady might pay attention to here. Has being over-anxious about clothing ever come between you and God's word? Well, perhaps it's not the style so much as it is the cost. If a single outfit with all the accessories costs more than what you tithe in a month, then you're getting close to Jesus' point here. It just got serious, didn't it? The word for anxious is merimnate, and it means to be over-anxious, to show too much care for something. Its most literal meaning is to be divided from the whole. In other words, it means to go to pieces over something. So have you been over-anxious over clothing? 
shown too much care to clothing? Do you go to pieces over what you're going to wear? Jesus says to us, If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See, all of Jesus' comparisons reveal that it is at best foolish and it is at worst unbelief to doubt God and his promise of provision. To which we pray, O Lord, have mercy upon us. I believe, help my unbelief. Now our Lord concludes by saying, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, that is the unbelievers, seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. You see, the unbelieving world around us, it obsesses over food, drink, clothing, the luxuries of life. Just trying to drain every last drop of physical pleasure out of this life that they possibly can. And in all their over-anxious hand-wringing, they end up worshiping money and possessions and rejecting the one true God who loves them. They pursue all these things so that they can own them and possess them, and then they end up being possessed by those things. Instead of by the Spirit of God, which fears, loves, and trusts in our Heavenly Father. When it comes to the worship of material goods, unbelievers end up enslaved to these things. And Jesus' warning today is this. Don't join them. As he said, no one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. How many people have you known that have gone to pieces chasing after their version of the American dream? Now, don't get me wrong. It's all well and good to desire a good and honest living for you and your family. The Lord tells us as much. This is a godly thing. But we must remember that all our money and possessions come from God. And we ought to give him thanks and praise daily for these good gifts that he lavishes upon us. Our Lord is indeed exceedingly gracious. However, it is blasphemous idolatry to fear, love, and trust in money and possessions above God. Thankfully, Jesus, he sets our priorities straight. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In other words, seek, seek first the things of God and the gifts of God. You see, the kingdom of God is the kingly reign of God. The kingdom of God is Jesus, his church, and all the gifts of the cross that he gives in his word and sacrament. In the Lord's prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come. What does this mean? Well, the kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? Well, God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and we live godly lives here and there in eternity. Dear saints, in this life, the most needful thing will always be faith in Jesus Christ. Through faith, you receive everything Jesus purchased with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death on the cross. You cannot buy the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus already bought it. There's no man-made food or drink that will give you eternal life and vitality, but the Son of God, he gives to you his holy supper, his body, his blood, in and under bread and wine, and in these things you receive all the gifts of heaven. Forgiveness. Life, salvation, a good conscience before God. 
peace beyond understanding. There is no man-made clothing which can cover the shame and guilt of your sin. But Jesus clothes you with the right robe of his righteousness which covers all your sins and trespasses. You received it in baptism, just as we saw yet again last week. All these precious and priceless gifts of God, they are yours through faith in Jesus Christ. They are yours by God's grace. Therefore, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Come to God's house. Receive his gifts. Dear children of God, they are yours. Read, study, and hear the word of Christ. God's promises in Christ are, as St. Peter preaches, for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So there's no need to fret and be anxious over your daily bread. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things, and he's promised to give them to you. And you know what? You can trust him. His word is true. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith to seek Christ Jesus, who is the kingdom of God and his righteousness above all things. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pastors and missionaries, that by the Holy Spirit, the gospel of God's kingdom would be heard and believed throughout the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the families of all Christians that the Heavenly Father, from whom all fatherhood on earth is named, would bless them with his promises. For parents, that they would be diligent and take delight in their work. For children, that by God's favor they would grow in strength and wisdom. And for all widows, orphans, and broken families, that God would comfort them with his mercy and give them joy in the redemption won for them in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our nation, that it would walk in the Lord's ways. For our leaders, that they would have the fortitude to govern in his wisdom and justice with penitent hearts. And for our citizens, that they would be brought to love God and one another. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and suffering, and for those who long to be with us but cannot, especially Jan Blankenship, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that they would know God's comfort and consolation, and that God would heal and restore them according to his good pleasure. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who receive the body and blood of Christ this day, that they may have the peace that surpasses understanding, the gladness that no man can take from them, and the hope that does not fade away. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For help in every anxiety and worry, that our loving Father who clothed creation in glorious dress and all the more provides for our every need of body and soul, would lead us to look to him for every good thing. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, you have forgiven our sins and delivered us from death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Continue to pour out your mercy upon us. Grant to us all good things needful to this body and life, and keep us from all things harmful. From you, through you, and to you are all things, O Lord, Holy Father, mighty God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit is one Lord, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
Well, once again, good morning and welcome. And we're at the beginning of what will be a very busy and good week here this week at Trinity Lutheran Church. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following the service. Esther Bible study is tomorrow. Now, normally that'd be on the third uh, Monday of the month. But since I had my conference last week, uh, the ladies graciously agreed. We are going to meet tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. And then Tuesday, we have Women's Theology on Tap. Wednesday, midweek workout class and uh, Trinity Choir practice. And then Thursday, we have uh, evening prayer at 6 p.m. It's St. Michael and All Angels Day. And so we will contemplate this gracious gift of angels, which the Lord has given us, uh, and all the places that they show up in Scripture and how, wouldn't you know it, they have a very close relation to the coming of Jesus and the proclamation of that great uh, good news we have in Christ our Savior. And then following that will be Men's Theology on Tap at 7. Uh, so, men, I realize it's a busy time right now, and we have service Thursday and then Theology on Tap at 7. So I hope to see as many of you there as is possible. Um, I don't want to miss this. Coming up in October, the Singing Saints of St. Paul Lutheran High School, their, uh, their concert choir, um, they're going to be in Waverly performing their annual Down by the Riverside concert. That's going to be on October 16th at 3 p.m., I believe you can talk to some folks who went last year. Uh, they thought it was, was wonderful, very uh, uplifting. Uh, and so part of their program will, of course, include uh, songs about baptism and God's creation and just the wonderful gifts we have in Christ Jesus. So the concert's free. They do collect a free will offering. That's to support their continuing uh, efforts and expenses as their spring tire choir tour is appreciated. Uh, and they say that they'll have fall refreshments there. And maybe by then it'll actually really feel like fall, right? Uh, anything that I may have missed in the announcements this day? All right, God's peace be with you as you go into the week as his forgiven and beloved children clothed in Christ's righteousness. I'll greet you at the door.